Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. I've read the book of Daniel, I don't know how many times, but I feel like the Lord is leading me to reread the book of Daniel. And so if you have your Bible, turn to the book of Daniel chapter 12, and we're going to start with verse 4. Now, before I get into that, and Daniel is about Bible prophecy, I want you to understand that in, in Judaism, Daniel is not considered a prophet. And the reason he's not considered a prophet is because Daniel talks about the events of the coming of the Messiah. And they look at this and they realize they they look at this and they think, well, the Messiah didn't come. Some of these things happened, the Messiah didn't come. And I'm not going to get into the whole the book of Daniel is just amazing and we'll probably do a series on it. But when you look at it, you need to realize that the book of Daniel is not talking about one coming of the Messiah, but the book of Daniel is talking about two comings of the Messiah. One has already happened, and one is about to happen. And so in reading this, I saw some things, and I started thinking about is the world aware of what's going on? You know, in the last month or so, Israel, Brazil, on vacation up in Colorado, Christians, Jews, people who are not religious would come up to me and say, Pastor Larry, are we at the end of the world? Are we at the end of the world as we know it? Nobody knows when the Messiah is coming. Can I have an amen? Amen. Nobody knows. But the Bible does say God gives us birth pangs. He lets us see some things. It's like, and and you've heard me say this so many times, it's like you go to the doctor and the doctor says you're going to have a baby and when are you going to, the baby's going to be, is due uh, November 15th, (coughs) my birthday. And uh, that doesn't mean the baby's going to be born on November 15th. It just means this is a date. This is around the time you're going to see it. But as the mother gets closer, she begins to have birth pangs. And these birth pangs are to let her know, get ready. Something is about to happen that will change your life forever. And I think if we would open our eyes and not only open our eyes for ourselves, but see these things to share with others about how close we are to the coming of the Messiah, I think this would change the way we live day by day, and hopefully it will lead others to the Lord. I want you to look at just a few things concerning the end times. Now, I'm just going to hit this very quickly, but the Bible says there are three main components concerning the coming of the Messiah. When the Messiah comes and and the Antichrist and all these things take place, that there are three main components that we need to look at. One is a one world government. Now, one world government is communism. 
A one-world government, I, I looked up communism in the dictionary just for out of curiosity, and it says a totalitarian system of government in which a single authoritarian party controls all state-owned production. In other words, everybody has to depend on one government party. And we need to wake up and realize this is exactly what they're trying to do in America and around the world. This is exactly what's happening, folks. This is Bible prophecy getting ready to happen right before our eyes. We look at COVID. And when COVID took place, it's amazing that the World Health Organization, which funded the laboratory in which COVID came out of China, the World Health Organization in which this present administration wants to give totalitarian authority to tell us who can be open, who can't be open, who can go here, who can go there. This one world government of, we were seeing that we were showing that it's possible when COVID came out, the whole world shut down. One world government. We look at the COVID passport. Now, it's an amazing thing. I don't know about you, but it bothers me. I'm an American. When I went up last year to go hunting in Canada, I had to show proof to get on the plane in America that I had a COVID passport. I had to show proof. I had to take a test the day before I'm flying back to America from Canada. I was in the woods, but I had to show that I had a COVID passport or I could not come back into my own country. But this president, present administration lets 18,000 undocumented unpassported people into our country every day it doesn't even make sense except these undocumented people are being given in certain states driver's license without any citizenship so they can go and vote for this one world government that is trying to get happening when they asked the Biden administration, they asked him, they said, uh, what's your answer to uh, the economic crisis? You know what the response was? Welcome to the price of the new liberal world order. Somebody say, wake up. You can't. The Bible talks about a one world economy where you cannot buy or sell without the mark of the beast, the leader of this controlling party. When, when we were going through COVID, they were telling you who could go to work, who could not go to work, when you could go, you can't go into a restaurant, you can't go into a grocery store, you can't do anything. Folks, this is a shadow of the one world government and the mark of the beast. Let's look at a couple more things. The Bible talks about riots. And we look at where this present administration allowed cities to be destroyed, riots going in there and 
tearing down businesses, smashing windows, anybody that didn't agree. This is exactly the same um, uh, tactic that Hitler used. They, they, instead of calling them Black Lives Matters or Antifa, they called them the brown shirts. And anybody that did not agree with Hitler's philosophy, they would go in and smash their businesses and terrorize them. And they were backed by the cities in which they were going in because of their political statements. Amen? Amen. Who would have ever think that we, our government would allow cities to be overtaken by rioters? But it's happening. It's happened in our... We look at what just happened recently in uh, President Trump, whether you like President Trump or you don't like President Trump. I personally like him a lot better than Biden. You know, pastors tell me, Pastor Larry, you you can't get political. You can't get political in church. Church is political. It it was was the the politics of Rome that killed Jesus. First time in history, with no rhyme or reason, the FBI does stormtrooper tactics into the home of an ex-president. Now look at me. Let your eyes be open. If they can do that to the ex-president of the United States, which has never been done before, they can do that to you. Come into your home for no reason. Now tie that in with 87,000 new IRS agents. 87,000 new IRS agents that they are arming Everybody stay with me. It has the good news at the end here. We go out a glorious bride, right? But I want you to understand, 87,000 new IRS. Folks, they're not, and, and 80, 80 billion, $80 billion to back them. They're not going after the rich. They're going after us. And they're arming them. Pastor Scott said he saw the training video, shooting guns. Why does the IRS need guns? See, this is one world government, one world economy, one world religious system. Here's something interesting. The Bible says in Luke, Jesus talks about when you see the signs of as in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. We're... We're living in a day in which parents were being threatened to be arrested at PTA meetings because they're saying, we do not want you teaching our little kids this smut of transgender. Parents, you don't have a right to say whether or not your little boy or your little girl is a male or a female. That's the school's decision. That is not the school's decision. That's God's decision. And he makes that decision when that child is conceived. Can I, can I show you something interesting? Why is this, why is this in the end times? Why is this obsession with homosexuality and transgender and lesbianism 
What does that have to do with one world government, the Antichrist, one world economy? And as I was studying the book of Daniel, just something to, to uh, um, food for thought in Daniel 11. You don't have to turn to it. I'll read it to you. 36. Then the king shall do according to his own will. He shall exalt and magnify himself above every God, it's the Antichrist, shall speak blasphemies against God and against gods and shall prosper till the wrath has been accomplished for what has been determined to be done. Listen to this next verse. And he shall regard neither the God of his fathers nor desire women. Is that saying that the Antichrist as a man will have no desire of a woman? Could that be why we're seeing this transgender epidemic? Come on. Well, I will say this. Nobody has a right to touch your children except you and you need to stand up and speak for your rights and and i'm telling you something you know the, the, I, I, i'm gonna tell you something the, the, what satan's meant for evil god will use it for good and when i saw the attack coming on our children this is why we hired bruno and jessica to come in here and help us with our children and to make sure our children are are being taught and cared for and 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 overseen because you know when israel was leaving egypt Pharaoh had a trick. He said, all right, you go ahead and go, but leave the children with us. And we will not leave our children with the government. We will raise our children in the ways that they should go. And when they're old, they'll not depart from it. Somebody say amen. Amen. Now, hold on with me because it's been six weeks and I'm getting it all out. In the news the other day, An 80-year-old woman in Washington State, did y'all see this? 80-year-old woman in Washington State was in the YMCA. She's in the ladies' locker room. And all of a sudden, she sees a man wearing a woman's swimsuit watching little girls change their clothes. So she goes to the head of the YMCA and says there's this man in there watching these little girls go to the bathroom and change their suits. And she was thrown out of the YMCA and banned forever coming back. I have a granddaughter. If I watch, see anybody, I will give a whole new meaning to the pleading of the blood. And the laying on of hands. That's perversion. And our society is saying we're wrong for standing up for morals. Listen, I don't have any. When I, came to, when I first came to church, I was a drug addict. I was a drug dealer. I was a dope dealer. And God loved me. I have nothing against anybody. But there are things that are right and there are things that are wrong. What would you think if I got up this morning and preached and I said, I pulled out a joint and open your book, Bibles. 
Now, I know some of you watching by stream are thinking, there's a church I can belong to. We cannot let our children be stolen. Thinking about one world government, the word communism, and I thought about communistic China. And so I just pulled up the history of China on the internet, which they don't say anything bad about anybody. And it says communistic China is known for murder, torture, slavery, um, massacres, disappearances, terror, ethnical cleansing, and starvation. Communistic China. Nancy Pelosi just came back from China and said, I saw her say it. China is one of the freest societies there are in the world. And of course, a day later, they found out that Nancy Pelosi's son is on the board of two of the largest corporations that he doesn't do anything on, just is on the board and making millions of dollars. Folks, this is called corruption. This is called corruption. We look at the World Health Organization who, along with China, along with some others that are buying up land, farmland, right here in America. And their reason is, as they've said, is because we want to control food distribution. Somebody say, wake up. Now, the reason why I'm doing this series, now it starts getting into good news. The reason I'm doing this is for weeks, the Lord has been speaking to my spirit, and he says, when I return, will I find any faith on the earth? And so I started looking at this, and I started hearing what people are asking me. And like I said, it doesn't matter if they're religious or not religious, people that are paying attention and looking what's going on and looking at our economy, our governments, all the things that are going on, people are afraid. So I thought, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And so it's just been on me. The Lord said, when I return... Will I find faith on the earth? Are you trusting that I am in control? And so I want you to know that when we see these things begin to happen, look up for your redemption is right there. And I declare that our best is yet to come, that we're going out a glorious bride without spot, without wrinkle, and that God is using this to wake us up, get our attention. And I believe in Christianity, there is a great wake-up call that is taking place, and people are starting to get serious about serving God again. So read with me in the book of Daniel... And I want you to see this in, in the, the name of this series is faith and the favor of God in the face of Bible prophecy. Because when we look at these things, if we don't keep our faith and we don't understand what to do to stand in our faith, 
we can allow fear to overtake us. And, and I hope I don't say this lightly, but I'm excited because I look at this and I believe God is saying, get ready. Something wonderful is about to be birthed in your life. And we need to have eyes to see and ears to hear. Amen. All right. So I'm going to read in the book of Daniel, starting with uh, just, just briefly, Daniel chapter 12, starting with verse four. And I want to show you some things that maybe will tell us how close we are to the coming of the Lord. Daniel 12, verse 4. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Then I, Daniel, looked, and there were two others, one on this river bank and the other on that river bank, And one said to the man clothed in the linen, who was above the waters of the river, how long shall the fulfillment of these wonders be? Then I heard the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand to heaven, and swore by him who lives forever, that it shall be for a time times and a half time when the power of the holy people have been completely shattered all these things shall be finished now now look at me one second and i'm going to try to explain this very simply what daniel god gives daniel's in babylonian captivity god gives daniel this vision and it it's such it's it's so overcoming that Daniel cries to God, and God sends Gabriel to explain it. I'm not going to get into all that, but understand, in these scriptures, we're talking about the first coming, and we're talking about the second coming, and I'll explain that in a minute. Although I heard and did not understand, verse 8, then I said, my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? What do we look for to know we're at the end? And he said, go your way, Daniel. Now listen to this. For the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. In other words, we're not going to understand this until we get to the end times. Many shall be purified, made white, refined, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand but the wise shall understand. Now, here we go. Look at verse 11. Here's where, here's where it gets tremendously interesting. Remember, God tells Daniel, this is an end time revelation. Verse 11. And from the time that the daily sacrifice is taken away and the abomination of desolation is set up, there shall be... 1,290 days, or prophetically, 1,290 years. We know this. All right. JP, if we can bring up 1,290 years on on the board. Daniel says, in the last days, this will become clear. But he gives us a hint. He says, from the time that the daily sacrifice is removed, you will have 1,290 years 
And he's talking about the abomination of desolation. Now, here's something interesting. And this is why I read the scriptures in Hebrew. Let me read it again in English. From the time that the daily sacrifice is taken away and the abomination of desolation is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. In Hebrew, it reads like this. And from the time of the daily sacrifice was removed and the silent abomination, the silent abomination is placed will be 1,290 years. The silent abomination. Now we know after the rapture, there will come seven years of tribulation. Three and a half years, and this is all talked about in Daniel. Three and a half years into the tribulation, the Antichrist will show himself and he will set himself up on the Temple Mount and he will call himself God. And this is the abomination of desolation. But here in verse 11, it's not the final abomination of desolation. It's what in Hebrew is called the silent abomination of desolation. Now, if you look at the book at this number, 1,290, that is according to our modern-day calendar, the solar calendar. I'm going to try to say this very simply. But when Daniel spoke it, they did not go by a solar calendar. They went by what? A lunar calendar, or what's even more precise is a prophetic calendar. So when you take 1,290 solar days and you take it to the uh, solar years and you take it to prophetic years old testament years lunar years you come up with this next number 1271.5 years 1271.5 years he said from the time that the sacrifice is removed the sacrifice When Babylon took Israel into captivity, the sacrifice was stopped in the year 583 B.C. Can you put that up? The year 583 B.C. is the last sacrifice at the temple that Daniel was speaking of. He said, when you take the 1,271.5, because there's fractions in there, and you look at the last daily sacrifice, he says it will be 1,271 years to the silent abomination of desolation. Bring up the next number. In 688 AD, on the Temple Mount, the Dome of the Rock was built. And Muslims set up their place of worship in Jerusalem exactly 1,271 years after the last sacrifice. This is the silent abomination. Now, why is that important for us to know? Because if this happened exactly on the date that God said the first abomination of desolation would take place, don't you know that God is giving us signs that the second abomination of desolation on the Temple Mount is just a short period of time away? Right? Now look at verse 11 again. 
And from the time that the daily sacrifice is taken away and the abomination of desolation is set up, there shall be 1,290 solar years. But here's the key. Next verse. Blessed is he. How many wants to be blessed? See, I know this is a lot of thinking, but it'll, it'll, it'll make sense. Blessed is he who waits and comes to the 1,335 days. Can you put up 1,335 days? All right. In 1917, General Allenby took Jerusalem back from the Gentiles for the first time in 1917. Let me read you something about his taking Jerusalem. Up until this point, for 400 plus years, Jerusalem was under Muslim rule of the Turks. There is a calendar that we use that gives us the date of 1917, if you can put that up. When General Allenby was coming across North Africa and he was, he'd taken Egypt and he was trying to get into Jerusalem, into Israel, into Palestine. He couldn't do it because they had no water. If you've been to Israel in the desert, there's no way that you can get an army across that without water. The Turks, the Muslims said, when the waters of the Nile flow into Palestine, then we will know a prophet of the Lord comes to drive the Turks out of the land. In other words, you've got, if you look at the map of the Mideast and you look at the, the river Nile down in Egypt, what they're saying is, we'll never lose Jerusalem. It won't happen. When we see the waters of the Niles come into Palestine, into Israel, we'll know that God has sent a prophet. When Allenby was, was coming in to try to take Israel and Jerusalem, they were out of water. So Allenby built a pipeline under the Red Sea into Egypt, into Israel, into the desert, where his army was receiving thousands and thousands of gallons of water every day from the Nile River. When the Turks in Jerusalem saw this, they realized that God has turned his back on them and that God was sending, and they called Allenby the prophet of God, and that God was doing a miracle. And when Allenby walked into the, the outside gates of Jerusalem, he called back and he said, I cannot fire a bullet into the holy city. And at that moment, the leaders of the Turks opened the gates, walked out, and said, it's your city. And the prophecy came to pass that the waters of the Nile came in to the city of Israel. Now, here's the amazing thing. Look at this number again, 1,335. They made a, a commemorative coin when Allenby took Jerusalem out of the hands of Gentiles. And Muslims are Gentiles. They're non-Jews. And on one side, it says 1917 in English. On the other side of the coin, it says 1,335 in Arabic because from the day in which the Muslims started their first calendar 
to the day that Allenby walked into Jerusalem was exactly 1,335 years. Exactly. But watch this. Read it again. Blessed is he who waits and comes to 1,335 days. Now, the thing I want you to understand is, and I'm going to say this very quickly, is Gabriel told told Daniel. Daniel says, when will this happen? He said, you won't understand until the end. You will not, nobody will be able to understand it until the end. When Daniel was speaking, they went by lunar years. But in the end times, you and I go by solar years. So instead of looking at 1,325 and breaking it down into lunar years, let's look at where we are right now today in 1,335 solar years. Now watch this. In the year 612, Muhammad in Mecca declared Islam. Now remember the first abomination desolation was Islam built the Dome of the Rock on the Temple Mount. Then he said, but blessed are those who see 1,335 years. In 612, Muhammad in Mecca started Islam, and he had, he had 40 followers, mostly family, and he had them bow on their knees towards Jerusalem as Jerusalem being the holy city. That's historical fact. But you take 1,335 and you add it to 612 when Islam began, and you come up with the date, 1947. In 1947, the UN said, Israel is now declared the homeland of the Jewish people. And blessed are those who see that and are a part of that. Do you get it? Now, I know that's a lot of numbers. I know that's, but I want you to realize in ancient Hebrew, there's no word for what? Coincidence. Now, let me tie this down to the faith, favor, and the blessings of God in the face of uh, uh, prophecy. You look at this number, 1947. You look at 1917. You look at uh, uh, the 1,290 days. You look at all these things, and they come out exactly what Daniel was saying. Exactly, because the Bible does not make mistakes. The only mistake we have, see, somebody, I think, I think it was Tiz the, yesterday, one of the kids said, why haven't we seen this before? Because Gabriel told Daniel, you won't see it until you need it, and you won't need it until the very end. Guys, we are close to the coming of the Messiah, and we need to look up for our redemption draweth nigh. Our best is yet to come. Now, the thing I want to tie this in with you, and we're going to talk about the next several weeks, the blessing and the favor of God. Let me talk to you about the favor of God. All of these prophecies amazingly have to do with Israel and Jerusalem. Every one of them has to do with Israel and Jerusalem. And God says here, and and it's amazing. Let me back up. In, In 612, Muhammad said Gabriel came to him and gave him a vision that Jerusalem would be the holy city out of Mecca. Of course, they threw him out and he had to flee for his life. But here we have Gabriel speaking to Daniel and he's given us all of these prophecies concerning 
Jerusalem and Israel. Let me ask you a question. How many want to be blessed? Look what he says. He said, blessed are those who see this. The very first blessing, and most of you know this, the very first blessing in all the Bible that has to do with what we do and God blesses us is Genesis 12. God Almighty, not a pastor, not a preacher, not an evangelist, not a rabbi, not a pope, not a bishop. God Almighty says, if you bless Israel, I, Almighty God, who brings water out of a rock, gold coins out of fish's mouths, open blind eyes, delivers the captives, sets them free, I will get involved with your life and I will make sure you're blessed because you have been blessing the nation of Israel. Amen. Amen. Now, I know we're to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I understand that. And if we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, God says, I'll release prosperity on you. But here God says, if we are involved with blessing the nation of Israel. This is the this is the, what's called in Hebrew the avos of a blessing, the father of the blessing. Listen to me. All the re- in Hebrew when you when you hear of the father of something, it means all the other things are birthed from this one. All the blessings that Jesus came, all the blessings that were taught in the Bible, all the blessings of Abraham and Moses are ours. Because when we bless Israel, this births all the blessings in the Bible. Now, when we first started teaching of standing with Israel, people called me a heretic. But I was just in Sao Paulo, Brazil, where 5 million people stood in the streets and we got to speak on a microphone. And that whole 5 million prayed for the blessing of God on Israel, the blessing of God on the Jewish people to defeat anti-Semitism. Because when we feed, defeat anti-Semitism, we defeat racism across the board. That's the father of that curse. And God says, when you bless Israel, I will bless you. But he also says, if you curse Israel, I will curse you. I place before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life. If we, if we, as, if, 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 if me as an individual blesses Israel, God will bless me. If me as an individual preaches against Israel, God will curse me. It's the same thing if in a family, the same thing in a church, the same thing in a worldwide ministry. It's the same thing in a nation. If a nation blesses Israel, God will bless that nation. When America was founded, and most of you know this, when America was founded, we were founded as one nation under God And because people were coming from all over the world, they were really considering making our language Hebrew. And our seal, the parting of the Red Sea, because we are connected to the Jewish roots of our faith because Jesus never stopped being Jewish, right? Okay, now let let me tie this down. I will bless those who bless Israel. Already this year, we've given, you have, you have given over a million dollars to fulfill Bible prophecy of bringing Jews to the nation of Israel. It's an amazing thing. 
It's an amazing thing. We're now doing more. We're bringing Ethiopian Jews in. We're, we're uh, doing a, a lot of things. We've helped build the emergency underground shelter in the hospital in Haifa. We feed Holocaust survivors. We're planting olive trees where Amos and David stood. We're doing all these things. But this last month, um, I represented you in Jerusalem. And Karen Hazot, one of the signs of the coming of the Messiah is found in Ephesians chapter 2, where God says, the wall between Jews and Gentiles will come down and will become one new man, and the Messiah will come, right? Now, look at me. You that are watching around the world, look at what you're doing. You're doing, you're, you're, you're part of the umbrella of blessing, whether you know it or not. The wall between Jews and Gentiles will come down. The Jews believe the church to be their enemy because most of what they've suffered for 2,000 years has come through the church. You look at the Inquisition in Spain. You look at the Inquisition in Portugal. Why is Brazil having such a move of God? Everywhere you go in Brazil, they're pro-Israel. Everywhere you go in Brazil, they're pro-Israel. We went to one church, and the pastor was kind enough to come out and greet us and give us a personal tour. This one church in Sao Paulo. Anybody here from Sao Paulo? Anybody here from Sao Paulo? What's the name of that church that looks like Solomon's Temple? Okay, whatever it is in universal. universal. It's it's a replica of Solomon's temple, only it's like a thousand times bigger. Every stone in that building came from Israel. Every part of that building. It's you look at Solomon's temple and this thing is, you know, Solomon's temple was was not big. This thing is huge. I think he has I think he has 300,000 members or 400,000 members, the building costs $400 million and they pay cash. (laughs) Pastor Hernandez and Sister Sonia lead a march. Five million people in one city. Five million. Where's Wanderson? Wanderson was with me. I'm, I'm I'm not impressed by a lot of stuff in Christianity. But holy moly, is that okay to say holy moly? (laughs) Holy Moses, the president of Brazil is praying for Jerusalem and praying for Israel. God says, I will bless those who bless you. More books in the last four years have been written by rabbis about the Jewishness of Jesus in the last four years than in the history of the world. And you know why? Because you and I are together, not only standing for Israel, but teaching the Jewish roots of our faith. It's a sign of the coming. It's it's the tearing down of the walls. But let me tell you in the next 10 minutes what happened. So we were asked to come to Israel, representing you, and the government of Israel, through Karen Hazot, gave... uh, gave us the first time award called the John Patterson Award. John Patterson, have you ever seen the movie Ghost in the Darkness with Val Kilmer? And uh, 
No, was it Val Kilmer? Yeah, Val Kilmer, where he's in Africa and they shoot those two lions and they're building a railroad. John Patterson was a big Zionist in favor of Israel. In fact, he started the Israeli army. And so they decide to give us, us, the first award of protectors of Zion given to Gentiles. So we go to this banquet, and as we go to the banquet, um, these are all prominent leaders uh, of, of Jewish leaders of Israel. There were three or four hundred of the largest Jewish donors in the world for the state of Israel. Now, here's what I didn't know until the last night, until the, after the first night. Most of them are not religious. And I found out, I thank God I didn't find out until after the dinner that they were not happy that Israel was giving a Gentile, much less a pastor, an award. They were not happy. And so I'm glad they told, because when we're leaving, uh, Sam and Shmulek, they're all going, oh my God, this is amazing. History has been made. Because when I spoke, and I spoke Torah, I spoke some Hebrew, we talked about Lion and Tiz's miracle of I will bless those who bless Israel and this and that. They were lined up. I mean, from, from Zurich, from Amsterdam, from uh, Morocco, they're lined up saying, you've got to come and speak. You've got to come and speak to the Jewish community. You've got to come and speak to the Jewish community. This one guy comes up, and I'm standing there with, uh, uh, with uh, Sam. Oh, these, these are the Jewish uh, Karen Hazot from, from Sao Paulo, from Brazil, right there, those guys there. And they come, this one guy comes up, and he says, he says, I've never heard anything like that in my life. He says, Sam, he's speaking in Zurich in January, February. He's speaking in Zurich. Sam goes, well, you know, whatever. And so the guy walks away. And uh, so we're talking to other people. And all of a sudden, he comes back. Ten minutes later, he goes, I rented the hotel. I rented the, the uh, conference room. I rented it. It's all taken care of. And he goes, we're, we're doing this. He walks away. And I go, is he serious? And he goes, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, I want you to think about this. For 2,000 years, the church has been divided from Israel. And just in the last few years... We're making a difference. We're, we're making a difference. History was made when that, that, the, the, the one, the, see that gentleman with the, with the uh, red tie on, Yaakov? He's head of three main parts of the Israeli government. And the, when we first went and met him, uh, yes. So doesn't speak real good English, but good enough. Yes. So. And then I started talking to him about how we stand with Israel and through standing with Israel, God healed my grandson. God healed Tiz, my wife and everything. Next thing I know, everywhere I go, Pastor Larry, Pastor Larry. And he's just hugging me and he'll pass And Josh Reinstein, who will be here with us uh, at our house Monday from the government, he said, I've known him for 30 years. He barely says hi to me. Now you're his best friend. This gentleman here with the blue tie next to Sam, he is the speaker of the house, one of the most, one of the most powerful, wonderful men in Israel. And he says, I've never heard of this. See, we think, we think because we've been all doing this for so many years, they understand, but they don't. But last month, 
history was made. And the word, the Jewish community, I remember one time we, we did something and Rabbi Lappin called me from, from New Jersey or where, Connecticut, where he was. And I said, that happened an hour ago. How did you hear about it? He goes, we're a small community. <laughs> and that, wor- that small community of Jewish people around the world are hearing about your love for Israel your hatred of anti-Semitism, your love for the Jewish people in Israel and everywhere in the world. And let me, let me prophesy over you. Get ready. It looks crazy. All this prophecy, I mean, all this negative prophecy is going on. Let me prophesy over you. Almighty God, in these last days, just as Daniel said, he said, we'll be blessed beyond anything you can imagine. Folks, your best is yet to come. Do you receive that? Would you stand with me all over the building? And I want to do one more thing before, before we close. And we're going to talk about next week. We're going to talk about what do, what do we need to do? How are we going to be a part of that blessing of God? And the next two weeks are really important that you hear. Of course, next week is also Brazil day. It's not a coincidence. Think about this. Israel is the only democratic country in the Mideast, the only one. Brazil is the last democratic company in South America and Central America, the last one. America needs to hold on to being democratic. We need to hold on. And Israel is having their vote in November. Brazil is having their vote in November. And we are having our midterm votes in November. We need to stand up and be heard. Amen. In three weeks, we are having a very special, special, special guest. He's coming just to be with us. In fact, we were supposed to have Rabbi um, Jonathan Kahn in, but when we found out this was available. We said, you know, uh, Jonathan's one of my best friends, but we can do that anytime. The man who was the ambassador of Israel to the U.S., the man who, a lot of people take credit, but the man who wrote the Abraham Accords, that is bringing peace to the Middle East right now, he's going to be here with us in three weeks, him and Sam. And in their next elections is if BB gets elected the prime minister, which looks like he really will, this gentleman will be the next foreign minister of Israel, which is the, one of the most powerful positions in the world. And so he's coming all the way to the United States to speak to you and to talk to you and to meet you because he is astounded by you. So Ron Dermer will be here and ha, Dermer, Ron Dermer will be here and you, we don't want to miss this. How many of you watching Bible prophecy are a little afraid of what's going on? Yeah. The Bible says Satan will wear out the saints of the Most High God. He's going to try to wear you out. But I want to cover us all with a spirit of faith. And understanding no matter what we see in the world, we are in this world, but we are not of this world. And that God would cover us in the favor of Almighty God. 
And I know you, you guys may get tired of hearing this, but I, I tell you, I share it all over the world. When we were on vacation, we were in our, in our little cabin, and we invited all the neighbors over one evening and sit on the deck, and I told them about Lion's story, and I told them about Tiz's story, and they say, what do you think the reason of this? I said, number one is Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, and number two, God said, I will bless those who bless Israel. And believe me, it gets people's attention. But the key, the number one key is, if the rapture, we don't know. You know, I give you numbers. I give you numbers. The numbers work out there. You know, it's not a coincidence. But we don't know if the Messiah won't come today. And here's the question. Here's the most important question. More, more important than God blessing your home, your marriage, your finances, your children, more important than anything, is if he came today, would you make heaven your home? I'd like to have every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, just for a moment. The most important thing, the reason why God shows these things to us is because he loves us so much. He wants you to make heaven your home. So as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed and no one's looking around, you're here today and you say, Pastor Larry, you know, I've never, I'm not asking if you went to church. I'm asking you, have you asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior? Or maybe you have at one time, but you've kind of fallen away or gotten lukewarm or maybe even backslid. Today is the day of your salvation. Folks, the reason why God shows us these things, he wants you to know he's in full control. So as every head is bowed, every eye is closed, and no one's looking around, you hear today and say, Pastor Larry, I'd like to ask Jesus into my heart, or I'd like to ask him back into my heart. Would you remember me in prayer? Slip your hand up all over the building and say, Pastor I want to give my life to the Lord. And just keep it there the whole time. I see that hand, 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 God bless you. Keep it up the whole time. That hand, God bless you. That hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, God bless you. That hand, God bless you. Go over here. That hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, God bless you. That hand, God bless you. That hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, God bless you. Give these people a that hand, God bless you, that hand. Give them a big hand. You know, the Bible says when Israel becomes a nation, there's one generation left. And the question is, is that generation, how long is that generation? You know, it's debatable. 70 years, 80 years. And we, there's more numbers in Daniel that, that say 70 years, but I may give you 10 more years. But here's the reality. I was born in 1950. In my generation, we're going to see the coming of the Lord. I don't know if it's today, tomorrow, next year. I could show you some things that point out to about seven more years, but we don't know. But here's the most important thing is if he comes today, you and I need to be ready. And if he doesn't come for a few more years, we need to walk in the favor and the blessing of God because we may be in this world but we're not of this world. Do you receive it? Lift your hands up all over the building. Let's all say this together. Say, Father, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I know I've sinned. 
We've all sinned. But I know this. You love me so much. You sent Jesus Christ to pay the price in full for all my sin. Right now, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Now say this with authority. Satan, get out of my life. Get out of my home. Get out of my family. Get out of my finances. Get out of my future. I declare every curse is reversed and every blessing is received. When you come, I'm not going home with a moan. I'm going out with a shout. My best, your best, our best is yet to come. If you believe that, give the Lord a clap offering of praise.